Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. If you weren't with us last week, we just pointed out in that first lesson many things. I just want to highlight a couple that uh, the majority of Americans feel they're way too busy. They feel like a hamster on a wheel, just moving. They feel like they're drowning in their busyness. And so we found out for the majority of us, vast majority, it's not our jobs. The average American works about 41 hours a week. And so it's not, not that. We sleep about eight hours a day. So that's 56 hours a week. And we have 10 hours a day remaining for everything else we have to do. And that's really what we're going to have to work with to break busy. We're going to have a blast as we do it. One of the things I love here is when I'm just in the lobbies after service and people ask me some really good questions. And someone asked last week, you know, about seasons in our life. And I said, man, I wish I would have mentioned that because we all have some seasons, don't we? We're just becomes overly busy and we have to get through that season. And it, it's different for all of us. But even during those seasons, we want to learn how to break busy and learn how to have some margin. So this series is about margin. It's about coming to a place of rest where we enjoy our lives and we're able to work these principles. And really, only a Christian can break busy. So if, if you've accepted Christ, you can do it because Jesus has to help us to break busy. He has to help us to energize and charge ourselves. So I want to open up with a story. And this happened about 10 years ago. I've shared it for different reasons at different times, but I don't, I don't believe I ever shared this aspect of it. And uh, I had this privilege of being mentored by Craig Groeschel, pastor of Life Church. And that's the biggest church in America 10 years ago, still the biggest church in America. He has all kinds of video campuses. And a friend of mine said, he's going to mentor 12 pastors. And this was his second year. The first year, Stephen Furtick and others went through it, you know. So it's going to be a second class. And I didn't fill the application out. I told the guy, he doesn't even know me. He's 40. I'm 50. I'm just this old man in a small demographic. And I thought, he doesn't, he's, not, he's not even going to know my name. My friend kept saying, fill it out, fill it out. So I fill it out. And then I get a, a Craig contacts me and says, hey, I picked you as one of the 12. And then I knew my, it was my friend, his best friends with him. I didn't know that. And, and that's why picked me. So we flew out there, you know, and everybody's late 30s, maybe early 40s, and I'm 50 years old. Craig's 40. And yet it was the most amazing thing. And he worked with me monthly. So two times we were together with him and he would call me and just coach me on how, how, to, how, to, how to do video campuses and, and how to grow those types of things. It was amazing. So uh, one summer day, he was going to call me and we weren't empty nesters yet, and it was my study day, and I, you can't study at home when it's full of people. And, and so I, I thought, I'll go to a Panera or Starbucks. I decided to go to Starbucks. I can't go locally, or I'll never, I'll never get anything done because people will walk in and talk to you. So I, I went out to the Starbucks in Aurora, and I had a great study day, but it was 90 degrees, and I'm inside, but then he's gonna call me. So I go outside, and there's a metal table. I set my phone on it, have, have earphones in, and he calls me, and we talk about 10 minutes. And then my phone dies, but it didn't just die. Uh, there, there was uh, some words that came up. I don't remember the exact words, but it says your phone is overheated and, and it wouldn't let me turn it back on. Now I'm freaking out because this is the pastor of the largest church in America and I just hung up on him and he's calling me and it's going to my voicemail. So I'm like freaking out. And I, I go to my vehicle, I turn on the air and I'm just in there, air full blast. I'm holding my phone right on the air coming out, you know? And you know, it took 10 minutes for that baby to boot back up. So then I'm thinking, 
I, he probably went on with his day. He's being so generous with his time. And I call him back, but he answers. He answers his cell. And, and I tell him what I just told you. And he said, oh, that's like the excuse I used to give in school when I said the dog ate my homework, right? No, he didn't say that. He was very generous, very gracious. And, and so the day went on. I share that story just because when I was preparing this lesson, it just, it came up and I thought, wow, uh, that's what happens to so many of us. We overheat because of the pace of our lives and we just end up shutting down. And then I got to thinking about our batteries, uh, our internal batteries, and I thought about it connected to phone batteries because all of us can relate to our phone battery, right? And the different areas of charge. And so I wanna talk to you just for a minute as we open this up about the reality of our battery, you know? And I'm referring to our battery, but I wanna connect it to the phone batteries, right? And whatever your symbol is, we all hate this one, right? This is when you're almost on empty. I hate when I see this, you know, it says 10% and then in the later it says 5%. What do we do when that happens? We start running for a cord, right? You have a cord? Somebody else have a cord? Can I borrow a cord? Where's the plug-in? I got a plug-in. I didn't bring my cord. Oh no, my phone's gonna die, right? And, and this is where so many people, Christian, non-Christian, that's where they're at. Their battery is just ready to burn out and we don't wanna be there. Now, I'm hardly ever here, hardly ever. Every now and then because of crazy schedules, we can go there, but lots of Christians just live here and I wanna help us definitely come up from there. But I had, I had this event that happened not too long ago, uh, like six weeks ago. And uh, uh, my uncle died in California, he was 96. My aunt's 86, my dad's sister. So I thought I'm gonna fly out and just honor her and go to the funeral, be with her. They, they didn't have any children. And so I decided to do it, but it was a crazy week. We had a consultant in. So I'm dealing with all these extra meetings, trying to get ready to go out of town. And then Monday's my day off, but the consultant's here and I have to spend all day Monday with them. Then I jump on a plane, it's 7.30 Monday to fly to LAX and I fly out there. And I should have never flown into LAX because she lives in Palm Desert, right near Palm Springs. But I had, I had money from an airline, if I didn't use this credit, I would lose it. So I flew, but I had a three and a half hour drive then to, to where she lived. And I got into my hotel room at 4.30 a.m. the next day and I slept and then I went over to my aunt's house. And then she said, would you minister also at the funeral? So now I get up Wednesday, the funeral's Wednesday, and now I have to prepare what I'm gonna say. And so I'm doing all that and then I do it. And then I stayed at her house late Wednesday with all the cousins and relatives that were out there. And then Thursday, I drive back that three and a half hours, jump on a plane. Then I get home on Friday, driving in my house at about 3.30 a.m. And I am exhausted. And then I did the weekend services. And then another uncle passed away here locally. And, and they said, would you do the funeral, all my cousins? I said, yeah. So then I threw another funeral in and, and I did that. And then I did the weekend services. Jean and I hadn't talked, quality talk for two weeks. And so Monday comes, she says, would you hang out? I said, yeah. So we go up to these suburbs of Cleveland uh, and we're just gonna have breakfast. And we're sitting down and I'm looking at her and she's just burying her heart like, honey, this is what's going on in my life. And this is some strategies I wanna do. And I'm staring at her, but I can't understand a word she's saying. <laughs> I can't put two sentences together. That's when your battery's really, really low. And, and I'm like, oh no, I don't even know what she's saying. If she asks me something or to answer, I'm gonna be in huge trouble, right guys? And so finally I just said, I'm gonna just fess up. I said, honey, I am so burnt out. 
that I don't even know what you're saying. I, I, I can't even put two of your sentences together. She was so gracious, a little disappointed, but then very gracious. And she said, we'll talk about it another time. And then I just said, we need to just go home. And because and, I, I get a little grouchy too when I'm that burnt out, right? I said, let's say we're getting on each other's skin a little bit. Uh, and, and so I went home. I'm hardly ever there, but you can see why I was there. But some people live in that. And we don't want to be at that charge ever in our life, guys. Sometimes it will happen. But then here's the next battery. And this is under 50%. And guys, isn't it true when we see this, it's like we begin to say, man, I've got to be careful here. Uh, if Jean and I are driving, sometimes she'll say, I have 25%. What do you have? I say 35. She says, can I plug in first? I said, yeah, plug in first. And we're always just looking to plug in, but we're never full, right? Then we get to this place. This is good. This next one, this is really where you should be at the end of your week, uh, 50%, a little over 50%. That's what the week should do to you. And then we all love this last one, right? When we just, we have that charge. And what I want to help us do as we look at this today is just open up some of God's principles. And we started last week, we talked about the principle of Sabbath. I'm going to take it further and just open this up to us this week. And this is my big idea. This is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. You can't be your best without God's rest. And guys, listen. This is not going to happen without God's involvement. Uh, he will charge you like you can't believe. And, and I want to talk to you a little bit about the principle of Sabbath. I want to open it up a little bit further to us because I'm not saying that you and I need to follow the Sabbath that the Jewish people follow, which is sunset Friday to sunset Saturday. That's their Sabbath. And when you're in Jerusalem, those of you that will be able to go to Israel next year, it's amazing. The streets are empty, and then the sun sets on Saturday, and all these families come out, mom and dad and the kids, stores open up. It's really cool. But they're inside the whole time during Sabbath. And Sabbath means to rest, means to stop, and you're not allowed to work outside, get a hold of this, or inside. Now, here's what I think uh, about, it's, it just blows my mind. Do you know that God placed the Sabbath in the Ten Commandments? And that's, it's the fourth of the Ten Commandments. And that seems kind of weird, doesn't it, guys? Because um, the commandments are mostly moral, right? Don't kill, don't steal, don't covet, and then worship God and don't worship idols. And then he throws in Sabbath. And it's the fourth commandment, but get a hold of this. It takes up 33% of the Ten Commandments. So it's one of ten but it's so important to God. Wait, what you see how many words he uses that, that it takes up 33% of the 10 commandments. So let's read Exodus 20, verse eight. This is the 10 commandments. We're starting with the fourth. This is the text. And it says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Now, again, we're not under the law and we don't have to follow Sabbath on Saturday, but the Bible says it's an everlasting ordinance. Jesus said the Sabbath wasn't made for God. It was made for man. God gave it to us because he knows we need to rest our bodies and our souls. So he says, keep it holy. Listen to verse nine. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And notice how God is supposed to be involved in our Sabbath. That's really important. And he goes on to say, on it you shall not do any work, home or inside or outside, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your maid or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigners residing in your towns. And this is really important. They just were delivered from Egypt. They were slaves there. 
And they were beasts of burden. They treated them like they were a beast of burden. They worked seven days a week, never had a day off. They were totally drained. It was a miserable life. So now God's saying, guys, I want to give you your dignity back. And, and I want you to have dignity. And, and I want you to have a day where you just rest. And you, you have to understand, they, don't, they can't even comprehend it. They hadn't rested in 430 years. And so uh, this thought blows their mind. And for you and I that live in the West, uh, the United States, Western Europe, it blows our minds. It's like, how, how can you have a 24-hour period where you rest? Somebody last night, it was, it, I, I told them, I'm going to think about that. They said, can I break it in half and have 12 one day and 12 another? I said, I don't know. I, I said, I think it won't work as, you know, it's just not going to work as well if it's not that longer time period. So my day of rest is Monday, and I'm very religious about it. And I make sure six days, I mean, Saturday night after church, I'll, I'll literally work in my office if I don't have something done because I'm not going to do anything on my day off. I'll go shopping Sunday after church if I have to. But Monday, whatever I do, it's going to charge my battery and it's not going to be work. And I really believe it's helped me to have longevity in ministry with, without falling into sin, without doing some of those things. Because when you get tired, you get weak and you want to pace your life. So listen, listen to what he says here in verse 11. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it a holy thing. And so God, as we said last week, he, he doesn't live in a body. He doesn't need to rest. He doesn't become tired. He did this to teach us a principle. And so I know we're not under the law and I'm not trying to put us back under the law, but I'm telling you, there's something really amazing about us learning to pace our life where we take a rest. Now, Jesus, he comes to the earth and he teaches it from a different angle, but I love what he teaches. Uh, listen to what he says in Matthew 11:28. 28. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Talk about a promise. Jesus is promising you. He'll teach you how to rest. He'll teach you how to pace your life. And, and then he says this in verse 29. He goes on to say, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Our batteries will begin to be charged, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I want you to notice Verse 29, this is really important. Verse 28, we accept Jesus. He's our savior. And now he says, guys, now that you accepted me, listen to verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. That's a decision we have to make to take his yoke. And most of us know what a yoke is. Just want to make sure we're all on the same page. Before tractors were invented, back when uh, in order to plow, you needed oxen, or in order to go somewhere in a buggy, you needed horsepower, right? Well, they wanted more than one horse, right? So they, they created this thing called a yoke, and it would go around the neck of one horse and then the neck of another or oxen, and it kept them walking in sync, and so here's what Jesus is saying. I want you to walk in sync with me. So we make a decision. I'm going to take my yoke upon, Jesus' yoke upon us. And, and then what happens? Then we begin to learn and find out what are the principles we need to work in every area of our life. And so this series is about breaking busy, right? And so to take his yoke just simply means you and I make a decision. Jesus, 
I'm going to follow you. And how do you follow him? The only way to follow him is read the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the epistles. Find out what he taught and then begin to put it in pra- into practice in your life. You're saying, you know what, Jesus? I don't know everything. And sometimes I'm not sure why you want me to live certain principles, but I'm going to put that yoke on and I'm going to begin to practice that particular thing. And when you and I begin to walk with him, he, he's going to teach us pace. He's going to teach us rest. And I want to show you something Jesus did because Jesus was the son of God. He always existed, but he lived in a human body, right? He took upon himself flesh, humanity. The question I want to ask is, did, did Jesus rest? Because you and I can't be our best without God's rest. Did Jesus rest? I, I mean, you almost think that he didn't need to, but, but you know what? He lived in a human body and those, our human bodies, when we're tired, all kinds of things begin to go wrong, right? And so I want to show you an incredible text. You guys ready for this? It's Luke 5, 15. It says, yet the news about him spread all the more. So the crowds of people came to hear him and, and to be healed of their sicknesses. I love verse 16. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So if you go up to verse 1, verse 1 of Luke 5, Jesus picked all his disciples And then he healed a leopard and did some other things. So then in verse 15, he comes, and and this is what he was born for. Uh, He was born to preach about God and and then to heal people and to show God's power and God's glory. And so he has customers. He has screaming needs in front of him. And it doesn't say he prayed for one of them. but, But why did they say in verse 16, but Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. Jesus walked away from the need, and he went to recharge himself. And I think, I think that's amazing. Jesus had to do it, guys. And we see him teaching the disciples. The disciples came from ministry, and they're so excited. They're telling Jesus, uh, the demons had to listen to us. And he says, guys, all right, cool, cool, cool. Let's go rest. And he takes them to a place to rest. So if Jesus needed to rest, we need to rest. And, and I, I, I want to make sure I get this across to us. He had customers. I mean, customers were there. And, you know, with with what he was called to do, he had all these customers and he walked away from them. And I want you to think about your life and all those screaming voices to say, you need to do this and you need to do that and you need to help here. And and there's just got to be a time in your week where you say, you know what? That need will be there when I get back. But I've got to go rest. And that's what Jesus said. That need's going to be here, but I'm going to go rest. And I thought this quote was an amazing quote. This is from uh, Andrew Stickland. He says this, if you break the rhythm, the rhythm will break you. And if we break this pace, it's going to impact us in our relationships everywhere that you can imagine. And so we want to take that yoke. And and by the way, next week, I'm going to show you exactly how to take the yoke, exactly how to work rest into your life. And then lesson four, uh, the final lesson, next week will be three. I'm going to show you how to have an inner rest because if you do the outer rest and don't learn how to rest on the inside, you're, you're, you're going to just take away all the benefits of that outer rest. So I'm really excited about the next two weeks, but I'm still excited about this one. You guys excited about this one? Let me tell you a story. True story. I was on a mission trip and they took me into my bedroom. And my bedroom had open windows. Now what that means is there were no glass, no screens, no shutters. They were just windows. And I walk into the room and there's those Geico kind of lizards crawling up and down the wall. Insects are everywhere. 
And I'm like freaking out because I'm thinking, I sleep with my mouth open. I know I open my mouth. And is a Geico going to go look in there and check my cavities out? I don't know what's going to happen. But then I'm like, well, they're, they're okay. I, I, it freaks me out that they're going to crawl on me, but they eat bugs, right? So maybe it's better that they're in the room. And then I started to worry about snakes because I'm afraid of snakes. And I'm thinking they can crawl into that window too. But then here's what they told me. I'm freaking out like crazy. They said, you know what? Um, you, you need to wear socks to bed. And I said, I don't do socks in bed. Let my feet free, right? They're going to be free. I don't need any socks when I sleep. They said, no, you want to wear socks. I said, I don't do socks. They said, you, you're going to do them here. So, so, so I said, why, why? They said, well, this will probably never happen to you. Probably isn't going to happen. But sometimes rats crawl in these windows. And if you don't have socks on, they will lick your feet and their saliva literally will numb your skin. And they'll just lick and lick. And then they'll start to take bites. But you won't feel them because they numbed your skin. And I thought, are you kidding me? I wore two socks every night, on, two on each feet. You kidding me? I, I was so scared. Worst nights of sleep ever. Uh, just the thought of a rat. And, and uh, so if you wear the socks, they can't get, the saliva doesn't get to your skin. And then if they bite you, at least you wake up, right? Now, I share the story, guys, because I really believe life has taken bites out of so many people. It's just taking bites out of you, and, and we're so numb with culture, we don't even feel it. We don't even know what's happening. But you know what? Eventually, we're going to feel it, and eventually, that rhythm that we're not in, the right rhythm, is going to mess our lives up. So we want to make sure we learn to rest. Even Jesus had to rest. But you know what's really cool? We read how it says, but Jesus went and rested. The very next verse, I want to show you what happened. This is Luke 5, 17. Right, the very next verse. So he rested probably a day or so. It says, one day Jesus was teaching and the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They'd come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And listen to this. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus or on Jesus to heal the sick. And we know he's Jesus and we know that power. We understand that. But you know what? When you read this as, it, as it's read, as it's written, Jesus came back fully charged. And my calling isn't to heal the sick. I, I pray for the sick, but I, I tried to be like really like Jesus in that area, but I just never really got there, you know? But, but I, I pray for people. But that's what Jesus was called to do. He was called to preach and talk about God and then heal people. And he was at the top of his game after resting. And you and I, when we learn to do that Sabbath, we're going to come out of it at the top of our game. Whatever we do, wherever we do it with our relationships, you, you can sit with your maid and understand what she's saying and, you know, all those things. Um, you'll be at the top of your game. And I love coming into, I come into the office on Tuesday and you understand I work Saturday and Sunday, right? So I'm not wimping out. I, I don't rest on those days. I'm working. And so um, Monday, I, I'm religious about it. But then Tuesday, I come back in. It's like, whoa, I feel like Jesus, only I'm not healing everybody. But I, I feel like Jesus, right? And it's like, boom. And that's where God wants to bring us. And that charge, if you learn to rest, and I think we need to learn to take some rest in it every day. And I'm going to talk to you about that too. When, when we do that, guys, we're going to have a quality of life that's just absolutely amazing. So 
I see the principles. I think I did my best to show you the principles. Next week, following week, I want to show you the how-tos. But when I read things like this, I'm so excited because I think, you know, Jesus didn't just die for our sins. He didn't just sacrifice himself so we can go to heaven. Jesus is concerned about our quality of life. And Jesus knows if we don't rest, we're going to begin to fall and get into trouble and do some things we wish we never did. So as I'm, I just, this has become my custom, DCI Borman Warren. Can we just say thank you, God, for caring about us and give it up to him? He's amazing. He's amazing. So I know, I know, listen, I know. Uh, I'm a little hyper today. I know, I know, listen. I know some of your, your gears are going like, how oh, can this work? This can never work. I'm telling you, wait till next week. We'll show you. And, and I think you're going to just smile at the end of service. Next week, or you're going to be mad at me, one or the other. But we're going to have a great time next week, right? Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes because I believe this is, there's decisions that are happening. TCI, Borben, Warren, there's some decisions. Some decisions. I think the majority of us just say, yeah, I, wanna, I can't wait. I want to learn, man. I, I need to break busy. And I think for some, your, your gears are turning. Like, and, and I just want us all to make this little commitment. What's well, a big commitment? Just say, God, I want to take Jesus' yoke upon me. And I want to learn how to do this in my life. And I'm making a decision right now that this is something I must do. And Jesus, thank you for thinking about us, caring about us, and wanting to bring us into synchronization with you. So Jesus, we make a decision. We're gonna take that yoke. We thank you for the next two weeks when we actually learn what we can do to rest. And Father, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I thank you for everyone in this place. I thank you for growing all of us. I thank you that we can be our best when we learn to take God's rest. Thank you, Lord. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. TCI Borman Warren. I also want to just take a moment. You know, Jesus said, all of us that come to him, there has to be a moment in our life when we come to Jesus. And here's why we need to come to Jesus. We're born sin-stained, and we cannot in and of ourselves become worthy of God. There's no way to work our way to God. We're all sin-stained when we're born. And Jesus came to set us free. That's why the Bible says um, that if you call on his name, he'll save you. We need saved. We need a savior. And we need that savior to walk with us after we accept him. It's the beauty of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe you're listening. And, and if you grew up in America, you probably know who Jesus is. You might've grew up in church. You might've been water baptized as a baby or an adult. And there's nothing wrong with any of that, all good stuff. But my question is, can you remember a day in your life where you prayed and said, Jesus, I realize you're the Savior. And this day, I accept you as my Savior. And I make a decision to put your yoke on and begin to follow you. Can you remember a day like that? And we had tons of people last night pray that prayer. It was so amazing to watch. And maybe you're here in this service and you say, you know what? I'm, I'm ready to do that. I'm just ready to do that. Would you pray with me right now? And the rest of us, can we help them? Let's pray loud enough so they hear us, TCI board. Let's help them out. We prayed it already. But let's begin with reality. Would you say this after me? Just mean this from your heart. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained. And this day, I'm looking to the answer. Jesus. Jesus, I believe 
that you died for my sins and those of the whole world. And this day, I look to you. I accept you as my Savior. And I make a decision to follow you, to surrender to you. And I thank you for saving my soul. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, listen. TCI Borman Warren, if you prayed that prayer, miracles have happened. Your sins were forgiven. God gave you the gift of eternal life. Heaven's your future home. God's your father. And you may not have felt a thing, but that's what happened. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.